welcome back to Giovanni Andreoli's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more. Alright everyone, I am back. I'm doing um I'm doing what I've been doing a lot recently, which is uh just banging out a really long recording session where I just go through a bunch of movies and stockpile episodes and then release them periodically until I have to record again. So uh yeah, we're gonna be wearing down my voice before I plop myself down in front of the TV and binge a bunch of Batman movies. Not sure if I'm gonna record episodes about them because apparently you guys don't like them. But um, but yeah, I uh, I I, I, I don't know. It, it's Back to the Future Two time. That's that's what I do know. So let's get into it. Uh, okay. I feel really nervous about this because I feel like a lot of people really love this movie, and certainly I do too. But I feel like a lot of people feel like it's the best of the series, and I feel like. Those people are a little bit crazy, and maybe haven't watched the whole series in a while. Now listen, honestly, if you had asked me before, I probably would have agreed with you, but after rewatching it, I think I've changed my tune. Easily, the first one is my favorite now, and then three is my second favorite, which is something I never, ever, ever, ever would have told you before this most recent rewatch. Like, I, I actually, that's kind of weird how crazily I've... I've shifted. It's gone from one being my second favorite, and two being easily my favorite, and three being like way down. Like if if that someone was like, "You want to watch Back to the Future Three? or if someone was like, "Back to the Future Three is the best," I'd be like, "You need to be you you need to to, to check your head. What are you talking about? Back to the Future Three is terrible." And I think it was it just had to do with the fact that I was so disinterested in the old West setting. And in contrast, I loved everything in 2015. Holy crap. Like, just, it's perfect. Like, it's perfectly designed to work on, like, a an 8 to 10-year-old kid. Like, just the fantasy of it and, and how everything's so crazy and futuristic and everything can fly and there's hoverboards and look at those cool shoes, which we'll get into that, don't worry. Um, and all this weird tech and holograms and, and I loved it. Like, I loved it. And it... It was easily because of, of all the future stuff, which is funny because if you would have asked me, I would have said that was the whole movie. I knew that there, the 1985 stuff was there, but I'd honestly completely forgotten about everything where they go back to the 50s. Uh, like, if you, I really wouldn't have been able to tell you. If you'd asked me, I probably would have said that was in the first movie. And you're probably thinking, how long has it been since you've seen these? And honestly, it hasn't been that long, but it's just kind of like... The future stuff is so overshadowing, and it's the stuff that was my favorite. So I, that's just kind of what I had this movie as. Okay, that one's the 50s, that one's the future, and that one's the Old West. That's how I simplified them. But um, but yeah, no, that's not that's not totally true. And honestly, I think the future is probably the least like it's. I think it's where we spend the least amount of time. Maybe we spend about the same. And maybe it's more evenly divided, but it didn't feel like it. It felt like we were kind of in and out uh, pretty quickly, which is which is weird because it really does feel, in my memory, like that that's the whole movie. But um, And the other thing that w really surprised me was that, honestly, I didn't like that stuff. And I said right at the tail end of the last episode that I was trying to, to keep it mostly... Mostly streamlined to stuff that's specifically about the first movie, and that I'd hold off on talking about certain things 
until I got to to the other movies because these are so tied in together that you can really talk about them more freely than maybe you could, uh, I don't know, the Star Wars movies because they're much more serialized. So this, I think, uh, is the moment where I want to circle back to what I said about the ending, which is that they never intended for this to be a franchise, which seems like, what? Are you kidding me? There's to be continued for heaven's sake. There wasn't always a to-be-continued. That was added in home video releases after this was a huge success and they were guaranteed a sequel. And so it's from that point where it's like, okay, now, given what you've given the audience, what they're going to be expecting walking into the theater, come up with a sequel. Which is weird because they wrote themselves into a corner, basically, and then and then they have to figure a way out that they never intended to have to figure a way out of. Does that make sense? Like, they never thought this would be a sequel. It was just supposed to be a standalone thing, and it was supposed to have this fun ending that would be like, and what What if? What would happen after? But it wasn't supposed to be something, uh, something, like, that would constitute an entire story. So then they have reach a point where, okay, you actually have to turn this into a full movie, and they didn't want to. What they what they envisioned originally there's not a you know a very solid plan or like an actual script for this but um but it didn't have to do with the future it didn't have to do with jennifer being the car it didn't have to do with uh with marty's kids like all this stuff was stuff that they were only bound to because of how they chose to end the 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 first movie which was just a joke ostensibly so now i think what you can feel at least i can when i watch it you know, more recently, is how desperately they want to get out of that story and go back to something more aligned with the first one, because uh, once they get back to to the 50s, and once they're in ni- alternate 1985, that is where I think this movie really shines. That's where I think it, the best stuff is, the most creative stuff is, and, um, and like the most narratively satisfying stuff. I think that's all there. The future stuff really, really surprisingly for me, it didn't, it just didn't do much for me, aside from the mags and the hoverboard, which are still awesome. Other than that, I could, honestly, I could really take it or leave it. Like, it, it didn't leave as much of an impression as it did on me when I was younger, which was so weird, it's just weird to see, but, um, but yeah, that that's so weird. But I do feel like on one hand, okay, yeah, it sucks. But on the other hand, I'm like, well, if you didn't, like, I don't know, if you didn't think you were gonna get a sequel, then then don't shackle yourself to this so hard. Like, don't make something so drastic, so drastic, because there's an off chance that you're gonna get a sequel. Like, you have to know that, so, like, it's you know, it's sci-fi. It's got Steven Spielberg's name attached to it. It's um. It's got Michael J. Fox. Like, you had to have known that this would be at least moderately successful, but I I don't know. I guess, I guess not. I guess hindsight's twenty twenty. But um, but I know for them in interviews, uh, Bob Gale and and Robert Zemeckis have talked about it, and they'd be like, for one, you definitely would not put Jennifer in the car, and uh, and for another thing, you definitely wouldn't have anything said about the kids. And so that would leave it more open-ended. But then, I don't know, it's so weird because obviously you want the urgency, you want the cool shot for the ending of the first one, but then when you really stop and think about it, you're like, um, 
he, he's like, something has to be done about your kids, and they, like, race off, but it's like, but you have, you know you have 30 years, right? Like, you guys could, t- you guys could eat a sandwich first, like, you guys could have a quick snack, like, you don't have to go right now, but again, it's all dependent on the first movie, and I, and I, I understand, but the other thing is, I feel like a lot of creative people are most creative when they have boxed themselves into a corner, when they have to figure a way out creatively. It, you know, it gets you thinking differently. And so in that case, I'm like, I feel like you could have thought of something more creative or something more compelling because as it stands, all the stuff with the future family, I could not give, like, I, I don't care. The technology is the star of the show, all the weird futuristic stuff where you're like, that could never be, and you're right, for the most part, it can't be, at least not right now. Um, and, like, that's that's obviously the stuff that you remember, and that's... Like, that's what's taking center stage. The actual characters, the the family drama, all the, the stuff with, with Griff and all that, it, it really doesn't matter. And it's really not that interesting, which is disappointing, because I think it really could be. But then once we move into the stuff with the alternate 1985, which is so funny, uh, the part where he you know, he goes to his house, but it's not his house, and the dad comes in and starts freaking out and, like, smashing everything with the baseball bat, and he's like, I'm at the wrong house, he's like, you got that right, sucker, oh man, that guy is hilarious, that whole stuff, all the physical comedy with him, like, falling all over the room, and, like, everything's breaking, like, that is fantastic, um, and then, yeah, just, like, the horrific realization that, oh no, something is terribly wrong here and you've got uh like the murder subplot like the like the mystery that's kind of entwined with that um and then you have you know biff is like a tycoon and he married marty's mom and all this stuff and it's it's crazy and it's so much fun uh that stuff i really really enjoyed and then like how the the mystery unfolds with that and how like there's so many there's so many different things they have to uncover and obstacles they have to they have to overcome and they go back to the 50s to try to stop this fateful event from happening and then they have to try to get the almanac back and and all this stuff man is it really good and uh i think they from that point through the rest of the movie this this whole story really comes alive it's really it's really a lot better however i will say it's interesting that in the first movie time travel is very definitively a process it's a very big deal you have a lot of things. The whole climax of the movie, well, mo- most of it involves getting the parents to fall in love. But the other half of that is um, the insane and, like, Rube Goldberg-esque contraption that has to take place so so that, you know, time travel is possible. It's such a big deal, and it's treating with a, treated with a lot of, like, heft. Like, it, it feels like a, an event, a moment in the first one. In the second one, well, actually, honestly, in the third one, too, because they have the whole thing with the train, and now they have to creatively think their way out of that problem. In the second one, though, I think one thing that I would change, or, like, that I would have maybe just, demi- like, diminished how how much this, this feels this way, is the trivialization of time travel. Like, it is so easy for anybody to just go, boop, boop, and they just, like, they're there, and it, it, it took nothing. Um, like, the old man Biff can just do it like he just hops in and he's like yep I totally understand this like Marty got the whole scientific breakdown from Doc like 
you know, Doc knows, obviously, because he built it. But then this random old guy is like, mm, yeah, I get this. And he's just like, you know, executes it perfectly. And, you know, they're just hopping all over the place and, and going through all these different time periods. And it feels, like, really easy and, like, not a big deal, which I feel like it shouldn't, especially if it's bookended by movies where it is a huge like a huge deal like it's a it's a it's big it's a big thing it's no joke um and yeah i don't know i feel like that's something that could have been improved upon but it's not a huge deal that's more of a nitpick you don't really notice it until after you've watched it and you're like wait a minute that was all too easy for that guy uh but but yeah i think that's one of the only other things that i would say i did say that i would talk about the mags and I will, because they're beautiful. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, the mags are uh, the pair of Nike sneakers that self-lace and, um, and like, uh, they light up and everything. Super, super high tops. Those things are beautiful. And you might recall that, uh, that they, they did actually release around the same time as when, uh, you know, like the anniversary of the dates that are depicted in this movie when that actually occurred in real life, um, they actually did release the, the Nike mag, Nike did, and, um, and it had the actual technology and everything, and now you're probably thinking, well, where can I get a, my hands on a pair of these? Um, so, <laughs> the, the mag is one of the most coveted sneakers ever, like, straight up, it's up there with the, with the Red Octobers, which, um, uh, you know, a lot of stuff is probably going to be nothing to you. Uh, let's just say they're a pretty big deal. So you can buy them. Uh, the light-up version is $35,000. And the um, the version that, that doesn't light up, um, that is, I think, hovering around $15,000. Off the top of my head, that's... Mm, yeah. So, man, these shoes, though, they are crazy. They go so hard. They're really, really awesome to, to look at, and it'd be a dream to, like, hold them and try them on, but, but yeah, they're, they're pretty pricey. Um, I gotta check, I wonder what they retail at. I've never really investigated them. It probably, I'd imagine it's around 300 or 400. It doesn't say. That's weird, though, but, um, but I think the cool thing is that art kind of inspired life here. Not only did they create this just as a fun thing for the anniversary, obviously they're getting big boom in business off of this stuff, but, um, but they've actually incorporated the self-lacing technology into future shoes. I don't know if, um, I don't know if you're aware of the Nike BB Adapt, but, um, that is another shoe. They, um, or, like, it's similar, uh, it doesn't have the, the light up or, or any of that stuff, they're not super high tops, they are actually low tops, but they do incorporate the same, uh, self-lacing technology, which is, which is really cool, and, um, I think that's kind of shifting shoes and, and streetwear into a, a more futuristic thing that'll probably get us closer to what is depicted in this movie, uh, because, incorporating wearable technology is starting to become a bigger thing the only thing is that right now it's so rare it's it's very expensive um this stuff is yeah it's kind of pricey the bbs are uh they're 350 retail and i think it's just because of the technology and the amount of time and, and money it takes to produce um there is a new 
Air Max coming out. I wish I could remember. It's got this crazy weird name. Um, but that actually looks a lot like the mag, but the, the sole is very different. No light up, but it's huge. It's super chunky. There's one yellow one and one orange one. Uh, I wish I could tell you what those are called. They got a really weird name, but, um, anyway, yeah, you, you probably don't care, but this is just so cool to me. And I think it's awesome that, um, that art inspired life in such a way. And it's actually kind of moving us towards a future that they envisioned, not in 2015, but maybe 2025, 2030, whatever. We'll see some of this stuff uh, more regularly. That'd be really, really cool. But, but yeah, and actually, uh, there was a lot of stuff that this obviously got wrong. Hoverboards are maybe slightly faster than walking, and that's being generous. I tried one the other day. Not a favorable experience. Uh, definitely not as cool as they looked in this movie. But, um, but yeah, they did accurately predict some stuff, like... Um, like the the 80s nostalgia and all that kind of stuff and the infinite amount of sequels to things like the Jaws 4D whatever uh, all that stuff that's really really cool and I I think that's that's interesting to look back on now and be like Ooh, that's that's actually certain parts of this are eerily similar uh, to to the world we actually inhabit today but yeah I think this movie is it's really a lot of fun. The climax is very propulsive. It's really cool to see the events of the of the climax from a different perspective. And then it's got a killer ending where he goes back and Doc's celebrating. And then Marty comes running back around the corner. Oh, man, what an ending. What a note to go out on. So we'll pick up where this movie left off next time. But, uh... But yeah, I think that's all I have to say on this one. Surprisingly, surprisingly not as awesome as I remembered it. It's not to say it's not great. It's just to say that the first one and the and the last one are so good that this one in comparison, it's just a little bit less good. It's still an awesome movie and way better than most of the, the stuff we've been seeing in theaters nowadays. But I was surprised that it wasn't as, as great as I remember it. I think... I think if they had the chance to go to, to do it over again and they would have known they had a sequel, they probably would have planned much more accordingly because you can see how the transition from 2 to 3 is much smoother than the transition from 1 to 2. And I think that's just because they had the ability to plan uh, that out exactly the way they wanted it and then shoot it at the same time and all that stuff. And I think that's just a little bit better, m better model for, for this type of storytelling. But I understand that that's... Obviously, uh, that's obviously not, just not, was, uh, not an opportunity that was afforded to them. So, yeah, uh, I, yeah, that's just, yeah, that is all, all I have today. But, um, but yeah, right, real quick, before I get out of here, uh, I, I want to do the grateful, like always. So, um, oh shoot, I had one I had one uh, I had two when I recorded the last episode and I picked the basketball hoop but I I had another one ready to go uh, why don't I write stuff down um, crap mm, I've already done that my family is safe I feel like I've done that twice and obviously that kind of goes without saying uh, I love my family. I want them to be safe. Oh, man, I don't know. Uh, I think... 
oh, this is going to bug me for the rest of the day. Because I had one, and it was good, too. I say retroactively because you don't know what it was. But, um, well, I'll just say I'm grateful that Amazon is still working because it's allowed me to get certain certain things to help me occupy my time, uh, like, you know, some books. And, um, and then I got a light table the other day. This actually wasn't from Amazon. I ordered it from Walmart, but whatever. Uh, it's beside the point. I'm grateful that there are people out there that are still helping orders and, and certain, you know, aspects of the world, you know, keeping them running, uh, healthcare workers, obviously, food workers, all that stuff, that's really, really awesome, and it's, it's very good that they are still out there doing the right thing and, and helping us out, and that's really great, and I'm, I'm appreciative that the world hasn't completely shut down, and that we still have people out there that we can rely on that can help us through this difficult time, and, and so, yeah, I'm obviously grateful that I had those books, and I'm grateful that I got a light table. It makes it easier for me to draw, but I'm more grateful that there are still people in place that'll, that'll, you know, make sure that those things can get it to me, that, that it's possible for me to still enjoy certain things. And so, yeah, you know, it's annoying that we have to stay inside, and it's, it's scary that we don't know what's going to happen, how long this is going to be, and it sucks that we can't see anybody over Easter, and, and that's really unfortunate, but it could be, it could be a lot worse, we could be in a much different situation, and so I'm grateful that there are other people out there that are helping this, help keeping the world, uh, you know, keeping the world turning around, so that's, that's very admirable, and I, my heart goes out to them, so that's my grateful, yeah, I think it's a lot more meaningful than whatever my original one was, but I, again, I don't know what the frick it was, so, yep, that's, that's that, I guess, um, Alright, I'm trying to find the, the Air Maxes that I was just talking about. I know, I know, they was not that far, like, long ago. No, the Travis Scott's did our fires that I'm talking about. You feel free to tune out, you know where to find me. I say it every episode. Um, you can email the show at moviesandmorepod.gmail.com, you can, you can, um, uh, Follow me on Instagram at gmandrelli1. Follow the show on Instagram for updates and, and when new episodes drop. That's uh, at Movies and More Pod on Instagram. You can uh, leave a five star, preferably, but you don't have to. Honest feedback is much appreciated. Uh, but you can leave a rating and review. Just write an app wherever you get your podcast. That'd be super appreciated. It helps out a lot. Turns up helps me turn up in searches and stuff. So. Thanks if you've done all that, and if you are going to, thank you in advance. I appreciate you. So, yeah, guys, until until next time, uh, I've always wanted to go to the Old West. Uh, catch you on the next one. Dang it, I still can't find it. Why? Uh, just pick a better name. Pick, like, Nike Air Mags with an X. No. Okay, bye.